Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Potts. Uh, it's Tuesday. We all know it's Tuesday. Let's get out of the way. This is because Thursday's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, today, we have another offering from Vulture Festival 2021. This is a panel with the stars of Hulu's The Great, Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt, about the show's second season, which premiered on November 19th. Created by Tom McNamara, the writer behind 2018's 10-time Oscar-nominated The Favorite, The Great is an anti-historical highly specific depiction of the rise of Catherine the Great in 18th century Russia. Once again, this panel is moderated by Catherine Van Arendonk, my friend, colleague, and co-host of my Patreon podcast, The Specials. So, here is The Great. Russia. Fuck. I've actually banned most of those fabrics. I thought you were taking Russia into the future, not into grandmother's house. Shut up. Court. Oh, if I... you don't talk, my love. God has blessed us with many great leaders. And now he has blessed us with another. What a breath of fresh golden air that blows through our court and our land. How blessed we are by our Lord. I bless Catherine the Great, for she is our new and the great. sovereign. Of course. Bow before I, her in worship and praise. Arrogant. It is if you are not great. If you are, it is just calling things what they are. Right. Shh. I have a speech. Just put the crown on me when the long-winded blessing stops, or I will have you dragged out right now. You wouldn't. It would be embarrassing for us both. And make it clear I took it. So... Maybe it is a good idea. Father of love. Blessings, blessings, blessings. From the one true church, the one true God. May you keep us on a righteous path to heaven. I crown you Empress of Russia. You look stunning. One day we'll tell Paul about this. Go sit. Fellow Russians, what is God? When I came here, I stood by a lake, and I felt God come out of the Russian mountains and shake me, change me. So I knew what I was. 
who to love. Russia. I will not constrain love, for it is eternal in all of us. And yet the expression of it, unique and individual. What God asks all of us is different. I believe who each person's God is can be as individual. So today, I announce my first proclamation. No more shall we be a one-church country. People are free to worship as Muslim, Hindu, Jew even, or even not at all. God would not constrain our hearts, and nor shall I do him the insult of doing it. I will not constrain people's love for a deity, for it traps their hearts in fear, and I will not lead a land such as this. Fucking fucking fuck. If I can just... We may also all have beards again, because that seemed like a confusing and trivial rule. What? Let us celebrate. A banquet is served! <laughs> yes. Okay. What are we having? I probably should have perused the menu. Guards, escort the M. Peter back to his apartment. Right. Of course. Uh, just let me read this to you. I went to a bit of trouble. Quickly. Uh, it is a strange thing to hand your crown to another, and yet I feel a peace in my heart, knowing I am handing it to one I love. The one I love, who loves our great nation, despite being German. I have seen up close her wiseness and fierceness and her naked body, as it shimmers and glows like God put the sun inside her. I have also been inside her, and we have made a pool together, and thus the future of Russia is assured. Give her your fear as you gave it me. Fuck with her, you fuck with me. Strangely touching. I'm thrilled to be able to welcome you to the greatest panel you've ever seen uh, and to welcome Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt, who are going to talk to us about the great today. So we that was a clip, as you know, from season two. I have a couple more special season two clips that you're going to be able to see, which I'm very excited to, to uh, talk about. Sorry, we're talking about our drinks. Very okay. Important. Are they good? Alcohol, Are they okay? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Thank cheers. You. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Great. Important. Important work. Yes. So, um, so the first thing I'm curious about, uh, I know, Al, that you were attached to this early and we're pitching it. You're part of the sort of, and I'm curious what it was about this project that you were like, we're in, I'm doing it. We gotta make this happen. I mean, it was pretty immediate, I'd have to say. It wasn't much of um, a contemplation in my mind at all. Um, the interesting thing is, obviously, um, Tony had, had, I think, seen some things I had been in and thought of me for this, and it was, it was a pilot, well, was it, I might have read the script, actually. It was it a was, film script originally. It was, yeah, it was like, I think it was the script. <laughs> um, at that point, um, and the favorite he had just done with Nick, but it hadn't come out yet, which was interesting because I, I didn't have anything to tonally compare the script to. Which is, it's so distinctive. I can yeah. imagine it being yeah. hard to imagine, but also... It's, it's hard. Mm, yes, it, I don't know if it was hard to imagine, weirdly, because Tony's words are yeah. so specific and direct that he puts his point, his point is so across, you know, it's just... <laughs> Yeah. It's right there, and it's very unapologetic. And it was honestly, I didn't know that this is what I was looking for, but it was this role and this series is like everything that I was looking for. And growing, because uh, I was, how old? I think I was like 19 or 20. I think 20 when I did the pilot, and then, you know, so on. Now I'm 23. It's like, I get very, uh, thinking about this week or this weekend, like with the season two coming out, I get very emotional, emotional, like talking about the series because 
Catherine, she just means a lot, and we all love each other on the cast. Like you can just tell. And everyone says that and comes up here and says that, but it's true. Like see, we it's and true. you know, it's not true, right? Yeah. Cheap gags. <laughs> yeah, pulling out the heartstrings a little bit, um, but it's just. Catherine, I just saw her completely, and Tony and I, I met him, and he's just the greatest like genius ever, and I knew Nick was going to be in it at that point as well, and um, yeah, I just hoped people, you know, wanted to buy it for whatever. I think it's worked. Really Congrats. I think it, we, we made it happen. It's, it's happened. Um, I So it is... It's not really a period drama in a lot of ways, because it's so modern, but it really is a costume drama. I mean, like the the idea, the set and the clothes and the space of it are so gorgeous and so detailed. Um, they just watched the coronation scene. You have an incredible costume in that scene. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. So predictable. <laughs> I'm curious actually for both of you, how much something like costumes are a part of like how you develop the character and like how you understand who that person is. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, the, uh, the interesting thing for, from Peter's perspective and like in terms of that coronation scene, it's like, obviously he's not overjoyed about handing over the throne and there's little things like he, he puts little sparkles in his hair for that day. And he's kind of always trying to one up you subtly. There's a scene later on in the season where we have a baby shower and my outfit for that is completely outrageous. It's incredible. Because I'm trying to show just how fun I am. I've got feathers and lots of color and a dress. It's beautiful. Um, but I feel like that's the great thing about the costumes and the design, but also the, you know, the, the heel that you have on the shoe and all these little things that just change how you walk and how you move and make you feel like the character and from that era. Um, but you can talk more about that coronation outfit, which was... Incredible. Spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. I mean, um, Sharon Long is our costume designer this season, and she worked so, I mean, on everything. Every, you know, the background, art, the, the, the design that goes into this show. And also, those are all sets. They're not location. They're built. Um, and our production designer is, I'm in all, like Jillian Anderson, she had watched the first season, of course. And when she came on, she could not get over that these that this was not on location and not wow. in cast. She, and she would, did not think it was real. And she would, she was like like a mother, like 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 I don't know, taking like it's photos of everything like on the set because she was so flabbergasted. It has to be amazing <laughs> like going around. to impress Jillian Anderson. I know it felt good. You're like well, Fran, our product, our, our, who designed everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like Dear Diary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. do wonder. I was just going to ask, I'm curious, like, everyone's costumes are so great. I wonder sometimes if you look at other people's, like, the various costumes they have and, like, there's any that you are particularly fond of. Mine, personally, is that, is Aunt Elizabeth the bugs that she draws on her face? I'm obsessed with them. They're so great and weird. Yeah, I think the, Lou Coles, who does a, or the makeup, she, I think it's felt that they, like, cut out the design and then place them on the girls' faces. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, yeah, I think it, that comes from right? when they you used, had some on at the baby shower. Yeah, when they used to uh, have lead in the powder and stuff, and it would eat away at the skin, your skin. So then you'd put those be beauty marks on, on to cover spots. to cover the holes in your skin. But then they also meant they also mean different things depending on what the shape of the felt cover up is, and also where it's placed on your face. I don't know what they are, but you can look into that if you're interested. I we should bring that back, not the lead, obviously. <laughs> It'll be my later talk at ten thirty this evening if you can make it. Um, food is one of my other most favorite things about the show. And I feel like if you were to count up all of your lines of dialogue, Nick, like a measurable percentage of them would just be descriptions of food. I am, well, first of all, I want to know, like, how much of it is made? How much of it do you actually eat? I eat most of it and really enjoy it. I love eating on, on set. Um, uh, and I think that definitely comes from Tony. He's a real foodie. Huh. Um, so, uh, and he's got, yeah, Peter is as well. And so it's, a lot of the time it actually is me and Rhiannon, and the script supervisor trying to work out how to pronounce things because I, I don't speak good French and a lot of the food's French or based in, and so suddenly it's like us trying to figure out how to pronounce these weird culinary yeah. 
things that Tony's come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great that eating is very good on set. It seems like report. it. Apart from once we had ice cream. Um, and me and Belinda, who plays Aunt Elizabeth, yeah. we were so excited about a scene where we just got to eat ice cream, but it was actually made out of like lard and something else. It was so just, it wouldn't melt. So yeah. it wouldn't melt on screen. And I was like, th- that was like the closest I ever got to being really upset on oh, on, so on set because I was like, this is ridiculous. We need, a-. and they did go and get real ice cream for me. They did. <laughs> yeah, because I can't, I can't like chew down lard no. and like color it like I'm loving it oh. right I mean just trying to control your face as you put it Ooh. even the texture what flavor ice cream did they get for you chocolate nice <laughs> um, I what's like what is your favorite weird food that they have put in fr- I mean the spreads are I ate squirrel this year no you didn't yeah. when you ate squirrel when? yeah how did the they cook it oh, with the with the thing yeah well, that's it kind of the pilot, right? No, uh, rat? Yeah, it's me- it was meant to be a rat, rat, but they didn't get me a rat. They got me a squirrel because it kind of <laughs> once they're roasted and skinned and whatever, they kind of look similar, I guess. Um, and apparently, squirrel is a delicacy, but they asked like a while before. It was like months out from shooting the scene. They were like, "Do you mind eating squirrel?" And it's kind of one of those things. I was like, "Yeah, no, fine, whatever." And it got to the day, and I saw like the squirrel. As it was pretty, Jesus. it was pretty gross that one. But the ice cream. Right. <laughs> I guess, yeah, Catherine has pregnancy cravings this yes, year. Yes, yes. So she likes to, uh, you know, the iron deficiency. She's sucking on rusty nails. She eats dirt. She eats dirt and uh, flower uh, rose petals as well. I Seems think, better than the dirt. Yes, but the, ru- yeah, the rusty nail, I think we had one that was made of chocolate. And when I would suck on it, it looked too much like chocolate. Like it was coming off. So I was like, all right, just get it. We got a real one. Bring it in. Like, so I was just sucking on the real one. <laughs> Yeah, the dirt was not real though. I think it was like mushed up Oreos or something. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the flower petals were marzipan, but then I think at some point, I think they might have used the marzipan take, but at some point, I they looked it looked a little bit marzipan-y, So I had to. I was like, just bring in the real ones. <laughs> Stuff them in. <laughs> Stuff them in. Then we're like, all right, let's wait. So you eat and spit it out. Incredible continue. food, but also lard, nails, and squirrel. Yeah. 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 Thinking back, actually, not so great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so you are, as you mentioned, pregnant from for the season. I have to ask about like the pregnancy prosthesis because it is like pretty convincing there are so many parts where it feels like the fact that you can visually see that she is pregnant feels like such a effective looming like time bomb mm-hmm. how did that change how you think about the character yeah, i thought about it a lot um obviously i've never been pregnant so i i wanted to make sure that it seemed as real as possible in our world. And I think that Paul, the baby, represents so much because it is a ticking time bomb of she's Catherine's a bit like, well, once if I'm being pregnant is keeping me alive because Peter's so obsessed with becoming a father and loves the child so much that, OK, he won't kill me um, if, if, you know, Paul's inside. So it kind of the baby's kind of this political. <laughs> play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. So I think that, but that makes Catherine, you know, okay, she has to be a mother to this child, but she's thinking of it in that way. So I, I definitely want, I don't think that Catherine, um, super maternal until, and didn't, and didn't want to address the pregnancy pregnancy until, you know, she had to, until it starts to kick her and she's kind of like, oh, right, there's a, there's a baby in there. You know, she's too busy thinking up other things and it's useful to her, yeah. obviously, yeah. Um, but then again, okay, it's going to be a real human being, <laughs> so yeah. she's going to have to grapple with that and how to become a mother. But I, I was aware not to, I don't know, something that we talked about early on, not touching the stomach too much. I don't know, sometimes I feel like also in movies too, when people are like always touching the stomach. Absolutely. Yes. I was like, ah. I and I also don't think Catherine would care. So it was just like Sharon really helped with the costumes too. Everything kind of became a little more umpire waist a little flowier and practical and I didn't try to acknowledge the baby until it was a scene that was kind of okay about the baby that I had to acknowledge it um and yeah every day I wore like because I'm pregnant for a very long time the whole season basically and it grows and grows and the way you walk and everything it was kind of weighted and 
And then the prosthetic took like two hours to put on when we would actually see the flesh. And they told me they're they're like, okay, this is what you would look like pregnant because that's got to be weird. Yeah, I was so I was sending so many photos like my sister and my mom. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, it looks so real, but um, yeah, that that was cool. I actually like that. Yeah, because they molded it to my body. So right. It was fun. And then yeah, it completely changes the way you like walk and the way you move and yeah. and uh as you're sort of other people are interact like you have to have a lot of sex i imagine that then becomes a part of the as you are as you are sort of in these these relationships with each other is it weird to have this like large thing that you have to maneuver around in these these very physical scenes i know i was thinking about yeah i don't think i had like any sex scenes with the belly I don't think. Well, other things. maybe. Other things. A minute. lot of other things. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to see. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, I, I think, but it, I, I think it added to yeah. Catherine so much and the physicality. She definitely changed. And of course, corsets. Funny, funny enough, I was like, great. I don't have to wear corsets this season. This is so amazing. They're like, no, they still wore them um, <laughs> over the pregnancy and then so we were gonna do a thing where it's like okay but still it would be over the bump so it wouldn't be tight and then they're like mm, the clothes don't look as good so I would wear a corset underneath the bump what yep every day <laughs> yeah not, like yeah so it, that actually kind of gave me this posture because she would be wearing a corset it was very 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 complicated yeah. the dedication <laughs> I am aghast yeah yeah Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, I think we should go to our first clip so that we can see a little bit more of season two. Okay. Oh, oh, oh this. Okay. You. Bring me that food. No. Well, come on, you won. I can eat. Not until we have a deal. But I can go back and think of ways to win. There's black pig ham dusted with fennel pollen on rye with pickled beets. Fuck me. Okay, let's do a deal. The deal is, you live in the Urals, in a house, under house arrest. Grigor and Georgina may go with you. The Urals? That is a terrible idea. I understand you don't like it. No, for you. You want me in a region alone. I'll charm and buy off the guards in no time, gather the region's loyalists, and relaunch against you. I probably shouldn't have told you that. But I care for you. Now, that's my burden. My love for you hangs heavy. Right. You sure you want to run Russia? You're a little slow on the strategy front. And yet you are abdicating. Touche. A. I always forget the A. Okay. My idea. I live in the palace as I have done. Party, hunt. You run Russia while I'm doing this by day, and at night we have much fiery sex. And when Paul is born, he takes Russia. We then have more fiery sex until one day our hearts give out as we pleasure each other senseless against a tree in the forest. You know, I actually had a dream where that happened. I had a dream where I dropped you down a well that I thought was full of boiling water, but turned out to be full of angry, starving bears. I like mine better. And I'm not having sex with you. Seems rude, and also short-sighted. I look at you and go dry like sand. Fuck me, you are a... <sighs> the more you toy with me, the harder my cock gets. There are softer oak trees. I could just kill you if I wanted. You won't have to. If you don't let me see Paul, I'll do it myself. Just 20 minutes a day, please. I just want to be with you and Paul. That's what you want? Yeah. <sighs> Palace house arrest, agreed. Breakfast with Paul, agreed. Sex, not agreed. Tongue trick? Not agreed. You'll regret that. I get Jean-Pierre, my chef. Fine. And hunting? <laughs> I'm not giving you a gun. Have me under arm sight at any time and they may blow my fucking head off at their whim. No. So we'll leave that one to be negotiated. Know this. Your guards will have orders to kill you at their whim, fillet you alive, boil your organs, and force feed you them unseasoned if you step out of line once. Once. Not twice. Once. Unseasoned. Barbaric. Good for you. Show's promise. Maybe you can do this. All right. We have a deal. Orlo? Wait. I'm still Emperor, just... Yeah, I'll do this. Orlo, lobcock, treacherous fuckhead. You have a document for me to sign? I do. Well, bring it here. Fuck me. You may need better advisors. Last chance. We get in the carriage, forget the coup, and fuck all the way home. 
Just sign it. Where's that hammer? <laughs> so no squirrel on that table, probably. Hand. No squirrel. Yeah. Interestingly, though, that, so the morning that morning they'd been like, "Oh, learn how to write Peter's name in Russian with a quill," and I'd done it, and <laughs> and Elle saw my handwriting, like trying to attempt to do this, and like, like burst out laughing, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well you do better then," and it turns out. Els had calligraphy lessons <laughs> since she was like, I don't know, nine years old. Wow. And suddenly just like does the most beautiful handwriting of Catherine's name in Russian and on the document. And there's me like, yeah, I, felt, <laughs> I felt like an idiot. That's pretty good for the characters though. It would be Couldn't very be better. No, yeah. could not be better. Where was that shot? Like what, where is that field? Uh, somewhere, somewhere in countryside Hatfield house. Was in the it? fields outside Hatfield house, was I think. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. North London, basically. Yeah. What, I mean, how much of this season have you seen? How much have you had a chance to watch scenes like this? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it all, but I haven't. It had the um, visual effects weren't really in it, and it wasn't color and you know sound and stuff. So yeah. yeah. So it's. I mean, it's so fun to be able to watch like a scene like that. Um, just for like so much of the second season takes place on set, but you do have a couple of these moments where you're like out in fields and forests and things, and you do get this scope of like. They're there and they're making this very strange agreement that's like half running. He's this just hungry. <laughs> half running the whole country and half like this is about our marriage. And yeah. it, I think one of the reasons the show works so well is that you can you're playing both of them at this. They're so united in the performance, the like massive governmental like who's in charge of this thing. But also like, do you like me? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's seems like a joy to be able to develop as a television season where you get to develop that over time mm -hmm. rather than having it be a film and you make it and it's done this is a place these characters would not have been at the first in the first season mm -hmm. how does it feel to like live with them and be able to get to this really interesting strange place between them to live with them over time Um, I think that's kind of something that I was most excited about um, to, to do season two because mostly because of the relationship between Peter and Catherine and how complicated it is because you can tell that she is just trying so bad not to like him, you know, and and there are times where he's so evil. I think that's what Nick is so brilliant at like and everyone says it everyone knows like it's true like it's just there he can do things so vile but you it's you still love him and it comes from a place that's actually grounded and there's a backstory to it and you see the history and watching him and like my favorite scenes on set are always the ones that are with Nick. I mean, you know, one, I mean, everyone's incredible, but those meaty scenes that Tony writes that are so long and yeah. the back and forth and the banter and the rhythm. And we've gotten into that groove now that we can explore that more than we could in the first season. So there's many of those in season two, um, especially in that, like in his breakfast um, room is kind of their place where they go and really we're like oh when we get in there we love it because and it's just I don't know I love Nick so much like he just there's no one in the world that could play him there's no one like we're just we're very close and he yeah he, he's it's the best it's really the best honestly so he's so good it's particularly really fun the second the second season as well because as Peter's trying to become nicer, Catherine's getting all this power and realizing how difficult it is to be in that position. So it's really fun for me because uh, I'm watching a lot of what was vile about Peter. Yeah. The first season, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm being put on the back foot a lot by Catherine in a really funny way and a brilliant way by Elle as well in the scenes where it's just like a real joy to suddenly be on the receiving end of things in an odd way that's like, it's just, yeah, when we get into the breakfast room and we have those scenes, they're like, it's like little sparring matches basically between us as characters, but also as actors, we kind of push each other for the best and also encourage it. And then also there's like this really joyful thing when we, we both instantly sense when it's like the one where we've like got every beat 
yeah. as we imagined it, sort of, or yeah. it was just firing on all cylinders, and that's like the best scene partner possible, yeah. imaginable, yeah. Because this is, I mean, this is the first first time you guys have had a television project like that th- th- is this long, so you really get to live with characters that you can sort of find new angles on. I mean, I think it then seems the other challenge is like, well, I've played this person for so long, like, where's the fresh thing? Is that a challenge? I don't feel that way yet. I don't. I think, like you were saying a bit of like, how Catherine is weirdly morphing into Peter, becoming a little more ruthless and learning that she kind of, to be a leader, you have to make harsh decisions. And, and she's also not, she's not perfect. Like, she has this beautiful kind of, that's why I liked her so much is she's kind of, she's messy and, and actually quite arrogant. And a lo- this season, especially she's a bit, she talks too much. She might like, she does. <laughs> does. She talks too much. And, and people, um, you know, people kind of start to actually turn against her a little bit. Um, and she gets challenged in that way. And what fun that is, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, you can see it in the scene, right? She is, suddenly being like I'm in charge and I can say whatever I like and but she's also not sure how to do it I think I think Peter is so explicitly monstrous that it kind of hides the fact that Catherine is a little bit of a nightmare also but now he's becoming a dad so he's like so sweet and making things for the baby that aren't quite like meant for babies but they're still sweet (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just, it seems like such a interesting opportunity to be able to, like, flip the dynamic and find new ways to play with how they interact with one another. Um, I was, I was really, because you both have been, you both began when you were so young, and I was curious whether that gives you a sense of shorthand or, like, comfort with the other person because you no, or whether it's like we've both been around this so much that we... (laughs) I think there's definitely the way we both work is very similar. Mm -hmm. And we both have the same sense of enjoyment we get out of it and like directness and and there's just like... I think it is probably because we both started acting at a young age and like we'd worked together before even doing the first season of this like how many years? Maybe eight years before that? I don't know, something like that. Um, but it was like that mad, so it's that mad thing where there is, everyone has like different methods, I suppose, as yeah. to how they, but our methods are very similar huh. and, and they're always supportive of the best yeah. for each other. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's very good for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more of The Great. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Now back to the Vulture Festival 2021 panel for The Great. Can you remember the first scene that you shot of this show where it was like a I mean I'm curious what the very first one is but I'm really curious also like the first time you felt like the sort of oh this is the back and forth these are who these people are I feel like the first time I felt that was the breakfast scene in two with Colin Mm -hmm. 
the first one where he says touche for the first time and that scene with the strawberries we were like that day everyone was amped <laughs> like everyone was like that was a great scene we're like we were like that was great that felt i felt like our relationship as Catherine and peter and then it kind of gave a sliver of knowing that it wasn't just like he's mean to me you know it was like a little more complicated yeah 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 uh i think we should go to the second clip uh warning so i hope there are no children here I know. I was a bit like, we're going to show this clip. We're doing and then it. I was like, no, I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes. And then I was like, oh, right. I have to watch it with all of you guys. So you'll see in a minute. Excellent. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> At last. thinking well unexpected and ill-timed i have a few issues to table the only issue is between my legs on this table witty but i was thinking before you came in all week you have arrived for a good tongue gnashing and i have provided one but you've also avoided me personally i have not thought that is so where is our marriage heading oh what our marriage Am I to remain locked in this room? Yes. Yes. Asked and answered. I've enjoyed our talk. Let us begin again. <laughs> I enjoy your exquisite timing. <sighs> For instance, when Paul comes, I cannot be a prisoner while my child is wandering court free. How do we explain that to Paul? I have not really thought that through to its conclusion. I will no doubt come up with a brilliant and cunning answer. Often I think best during cunnilingus. Hence, I suppose the word cunning within the word. <laughs> I am not satisfied. Nor am I. But I could be. Would we not be happier if you just gave in to your savage longing and admitted your love for me wholeheartedly instead of clitty-bitty? Clitty-bitty. Indeed. I love you. You love me. I suggest you admit your love for me. Uh, Peter, I am fond of you. I see. You are to toy with me longer. It is a mean streak I do not appreciate, even though I appreciate them generally. And it is dull, as we could be having more fun and much varied fornication and good times. Eating chocolate-dipped grapes while we bathe together and I toe-fuck you. Are you really to continue this pretense? Maybe this was a mistake. It is what you and your body want. So how can it be a mistake? Your head is the impediment. I do not wish to quarrel, but merely to have you give in to yourself. Tell me the truth. You do not love me. You think you do, but you do not. I know my heart. I love you. Stop saying it. Yours is not a normal heart. You are not capable of love. Not real love. Selflessness for another. Tenderness. Curiosity. Intimacy. You fucking love me and I love you. That is the fucking truth. I don't love you. I will never love you in the way you hope. You killed Leo. You are a violent person with a terrible French accent who, while he eats pussy well and cares for his unborn child, is still a mercurial maniac. I am fond of you, and that is why you still walk the earth. Do not push me to a corner I do not wish to be in. I am sorry to speak harshly. Let us put it behind us, agree to our accommodations as pleasing for all, and finish me off! I knew you were ruthless, which I like, but I did not realize you were heartless. I have a busy day. Will you finish me or not? I will not. Then you may go. I will no longer be needing your services. And I will no longer be giving them. Get the fuck out of my prison. It is my palace. And I wish to finish myself off before I leave here. Leave the room or I will have you dragged from it. Well, I fear for Paul having a mother so heartless. Unbelievable. You're actually doing it. Amazing. 
So why did you pick this scene to show tonight? <laughs> oh God, I don't, well, I think it sums the show up pretty well. <laughs> I will say, they, when they told me they were thinking about, they were like, here are the clips for The Great. And I was like, oh cool, this one's called Hulu.TheGreat.ClittyBitty. I don't. <laughs> ClittyBitty was, <laughs> when I read that episode. <laughs> When I read that, I think I read it that before was, you, that, right? That, that one take was like the only time we got through it without, without laughing, laughing when you said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Toe fuck and clitty bitty. We couldn't get through. <laughs> Your reaction to toe fuck kills me. It's so good. Okay, yeah, sorry. Keep going. No, but I remember because I, I text you because I, I think I read that episode before you did. <laughs> I hadn't read it And yet. all I text you saying was clitty bitty capitals. <laughs> and yeah, you text back like, like, what? What? <laughs> I am curious who breaks more in scenes like that. I think me. I think, I think I it is me. I always say you, but we both do. I mean, maybe it's like I try to keep it together, but it's also I think it's hard because I'm like trying to be there and like your mouth is like quivering and you see the quiver and you're just like, oh, God, <laughs> like it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, that was a good. That was a fun. That was a really fun scene. It's an incredible scene to do it. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't have stories from that scene. I don't know. Well, I mean, so, well, first, one question I have is like, who? Okay, what was that? <laughs> no, we're going to need it now. No, that's it. It's okay. So, okay. so <laughs> we had like planted <laughs> KY jelly juice, I guess, as, as kind of to make it look more realistic for me to what. And it was something that I remember, I think I stole as an idea from when they were shooting The Favourite because I think it was something they did on that with like a sponge yeah. of a dress. So I was like, oh, we should do that. You, <laughs> it was your it suggestion? Worked. I don't think we ended up oh. doing it, but there was, so there was a special makeup. Ziploc. 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 With WAP juice <laughs> for my face. I'm so happy to be here right now. So... Um, they were worried. I mean, I'm I'm so glad to be here right now. Uh, I I think so. It's very easy to get distracted by the clitty bitty toe fucking of it all. But like, but the thing that is, I mean, a lot of things that I really love about that scene. You were just talking about reactions, and I think the reactions are hysterically funny. But so much of the performance is about them not realizing that they're not like trying to be funny, not knowing that they're funny, often never registering that the thing that they are doing is ridiculous. Is it ever hard to like, your brain has to be going like, this is the most absurd thing, but you can't. No, it's, it's actually weird thinking uh, on it. When we're doing it, I don't think it's absurd at all. Yeah. Like I just, I... It's weird. I mean, of course, you watch it and it's so out there. And, you know, my mom watches the show <laughs> and she's like, well, that show's just, it's, you know, she loves it. But she's like, it's, you know, it's not for everyone. You know, it's like it's, it's really out there. And I'm like, is it like I think I'm a little desensitized by sometimes. And um, when we're doing those scenes, I think what works best with the just how Tony's written it and how we can get away with also like the emotional pull of the payoff at the end and what you really care is like that we're all playing it pretty straight like it's very grounded and because we can be so grounded in reality in that way i think we have the freedom to to do like farce or outrageous concepts if you're just believing it which i've learned through the comedy of it all because i haven't really done a lot of comedy and i've learned really a great deal on this first and second season so kind of realize you just have to be truthful and none of it is actually absurd. I don't know. Do you feel like it's absurd? Yeah, no, it's it? I know, I, really. it is like when you when you first read it, you're like, you're like oh, oh my word, crazy. that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when it comes to doing it, yeah, no, it's it's as the characters, it's then sense. very, it's like you're playing it almost as like just honest as possible, and then that hopefully ends up. You're never trying to sell gags, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I also I liked the pairing of these two clips. First of all, because. In that one that we watched before, he's like, you're going to regret not wanting the tongue lashing. And like, you get to see the payoff of her regret of the tongue. Yeah. 
it was a bad call on her part. Um, <laughs> uh, but you also get to see just a, a little tiny bit of the arc that I think plays so beautifully over the whole second season of them really both going through this strange journey of like, do I actually like him? I hate him. He's terrible. And in this moment, he is so wounded. It feels like this sort of breakthrough moment for him where he's like, wait, I can't actually be this person that I was before. I don't know if the scene had that kind of momentous weight for you, but it has this feeling of, can he actually change? You know what I mean? I'm just, how did you, did you feel like this was one of those turning points or did, was this, is it sort of a more um, co smooth journey from the beginning? I think it's, with Tony's writing, it's, it's always a smooth journey and we get the scripts as we go. So you kind of unpack it as it happens, but it's definitely like this was clearly a, a momentous big scene when we were shooting it that had a lot going on. But also there's, going back to just what you said about I think the interesting thing this season as well, a lot of the things that Peter predicts and, it, and says will happen or, uh, end up being true. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why Catherine starts to kind of come back to him a little bit is because it's like all these things that she thought would be easy about ruling and these decisions and whatever were to come. Suddenly she's like, oh, the, even though he's a monster, there's also a lot of, not intelligence, but a lot of... <laughs> no, he knows the world better there's, than she does. Because, because intelligence. There's a because of his because of his weird approach to things and how he's been brought up. There's there's also his lack of empathy also makes him a good leader at times. Yeah. His cutthroatness, and and I think that's what she starts to witness and kind of um, understand that sometimes his mad ideas and methods actually do work. Yeah. Um, but also. Uh, yeah, so that's it. And, and in terms of the hurt and the pain, I think that's also a thing that it, where the, the, the more ruthless and, and egotistical and whatever else Catherine gets, the more Peter loves her because those he doesn't see as qualities that are bad. He sees them as the qualities that he's more it's charmed by. Their strength. To yeah, him. exactly. And, and just sees her as a greater leader and, and love of his life because of that. Do you work with an intimacy coordinator on the show? Yeah. Do. Can you talk a little bit about that process? I think that's a... It's not brand new, but it is becoming something people understand more about like how sets work and how they should work. I'm just curious if you can talk about that process. Yeah, it was my first time working with an intimacy coordinator on the first season. We had one. I'd never experienced that before. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of sex on our show. I mean, us, but a lot of other characters it's as well. everywhere. And also background actors that are kind of just having sex in the hallway. The, that, bu like, the busiest <laughs> intimacy coordinator. Yeah, on our show, yeah. running around all the time. <laughs> you good, you good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'd never worked with her before. Um, we, have, we had a couple, but um, I found it helpful. I mean, obviously the comfortability is something that's safe and making sure the set's closed and just logistical things. Um, but I feel pretty safe with everyone cast-wise in that way. So it wasn't that I needed her for that as much. But she does, we talked about this a little bit last season, but the, the um, technicality of it, of making it look real, I didn't realize that their job is also to make it look real for TV like how can we set you know without doing it how yeah. can we make it how can we fake it like you know and so that was helpful to me of like afterwards she'd be like well you need to scoot a little lower you need to like and you're like great tell yeah, me yeah things. yeah yeah um you know do this more do that more. So, you know it's like the technicalities but I liked that because it's all about you want to make it look as right as possible yeah I think um the the analogy that made me really understand what it is closest to is like you would not do a fight on a set without a fight coordinator yeah. and it has the same kind of like it's safety but it is also like it would be a disaster it wouldn't look good if you you know yeah, yeah. it's funny I think also because our show is a lot of this way I haven't thought about it before but Tony you know we cannot ad lib we are it is in no way it's like the words are very much you have to say it this way um and it's kind of that frees you up in a lot of ways where he doesn't, he's not telling you how to do it, but there is a parameter. Yeah. And so then scenes like that, there's a parameter that yeah. they give you yeah. 
and then you feel totally free, you know, in both yeah. in both ways. So it's kind of something. Uh, I did want to ask, I mean, there's also a great deal of very gruesome violence uh, on the show. I was, the scene from season one that I did, there's a couple that I did want to ask about. One is you throw a dog off the roof. Can you just talk? He lives. That was, that was science. <laughs> he had a parachute. Um, it was not violent. The dogs, there's nothing... What was it like to uh, shoot a scene where you throw a dog off the roof? It was a fake. It was a fake dog. Okay, cool. Yeah, although they did shoot the real. What kind of dog was that? Uh, Pomeranian. Pomeranian. Yeah, they did have a real Pomeranian that they had in a little harness, to, like for CG, for like yeah. CGI he was like, effects, like, or whatever. Yeah, really. He happy. liked the harness. Yeah. I, I think. I think. Although when we had like the the stuffed toy version of the Pomeranian. I don't, they did build the parachute as effectively as possible, but there were times where it wasn't as effective as it should have been. Thank God we used the stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'd, t- we'd be watching and we'd be like, oh, that wasn't a good landing. Those would be fun outtakes. I don't know if Hulu's listening, but, you know, just FYI, I think people would enjoy. Uh, I, <laughs> I was also curious, I mean, there's a scene where you torture the entire court. And, like, I, I'm just, if you can talk about what, the set looks like when everyone gets to set and you're like, oh boy, look at all of the torture machines that everyone's going to have to be. We all took a picture in every single one of them. You did? <laughs> of course. <laughs> what was your favorite? Um, oh God. Well, I had the, the, I mean, it was very gruesome with the nail situation. I, I had to get my, what was my, my nail was ripped off. That was, oh, think about that. Um, not great. Yeah, I know. Not great. Those days were pretty... That was pretty stressful, actually. Really? Yeah. They weren't, like, fun and games. Because we also... It was... You don't think... I mean, the time that we have... You know, it's also a TV show. So, like, what everyone does, the crew and... Like, it's... These are such huge set pieces. And yeah. to think we... They turn it around so quickly. And they're building those machines and making sure... You know, it's just... It's a lot. With the, in that time, it wasn't COVID. So, uh, we had a ton of background. And... um it's just the choreography of that. I think we had to... The roof fell in that day. Oh, fun. Yes. Not on purpose. Yeah. No, not on purpose. And we had to shut down filming because the roof of the studio, you know, fell in. Because we shoot in East London in this kind of, you know, it's our... We love it. We love the studio. It's like our home. But it's, you know, it roof falls in. you know, And it's next to a McDonald's. Sure, as you which do. Which is great at times. But it's like... Yeah, you know, so it's... it's I, we, I think I read it, a thing. There's also a Tesco and you go to the Tesco in costume. Yeah. I, have you done that? I've, I've never, never done that. <laughs> okay. I, know, done that. I don't know. Maybe yeah. the other cast. But there is a Tesco right there. Yeah. 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 The chocolate mousse they have is good. I just... They had to run to get yeah. the ice cream at Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you throw a dog off a roof. There's a dead moose on a lawn at some point. There's a bear... I shoot, I shoot the bear. Yeah. But get her a new one. Yeah. Sweet. Which was there's, v- a, there's a crocodile in season two. <gasps> and I'm, I mean, it's a strange... I, one of the reasons that I like the number of animals on the show is that I feel like it really underlines the strange wildness of the court. Like, you do have this sense of nature is so close. Like, it's such a thin veneer between what the like wide world is and these like in crazy wigs and but you also I think the people are so brutal and the animals are like fit in kind of well I don't know if that makes any sense uh but everyone's kind of animalistic in their own way yeah 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 have to to survive I know yeah we dressed up as what Florence had beaver yeah you know the little beaver makeup and yes a lot of animal things butterflies Really never thought about that. I guess Tony, no, there's some comparison there. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, the survival thing, because that's what, mm. through, throughout season two, for a lot, of, a lot of the other characters, it's, it's all about them positioning who they, the out, trying to predict the outcome of what's going to happen. Will Catherine succeed in this coup? Will yeah. Peter regain power? And trying to like, hedge their bets on who's the, who's the best outcome and where, where they stand depending on who wins overall. So it's, it's really fun for all the other characters as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you do get this great, um, they become fascinating kind of like 
you watch how the wind is blowing, like who seems to like, eh, maybe we should go like make good with the other side because it's looking rough lately. Uh, I mean, I asked you which one of you breaks the most, but I am also curious who is hardest to make break on set because it seems like so many of the... Adam. Adam. Adam who plays... Uh, Archie. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Godley who plays Archie. He... He's totally in on the joke, and he fi- but he will always. And do you try to like in it. mess him up? It must be tempting. No, I don't try to mess him up. We don't try to mess anyone up because I think we're all kind of teetering on this, <laughs> like you know, we're teetering on it already. But um, he's very, he's very in it. He's yeah. like the sweetest man in the world. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. But yeah, he doesn't laugh as. M- much i guess right doug really doug tries to make everyone laugh he's the one that tries to make everyone laugh really yeah velamento who plays doug yeah he has a great um he's always doing noises and crazy like noises (laughs) yeah Yeah, a lot of drunken noises heavy breathing and belching and like swallowed burps yeah like like huge takes like like uh, just like we're all just like howling yeah he's like farting belching i feel like there was a scene in the first episode of the first series that we'd we'd shot in a in a country house and then when we had the stages we went back when we were shooting the rest of the the season the following year or whatever we tried to reshoot the scene mm-hmm. but Doug was added to the scene as one of the characters in it oh, but because yeah. he was doing all his like mm, breathing stuff none of us could keep a straight yeah. face and they ended up using the old version of the yeah, scene like, in the episode because they were like this new version's yeah. rubbish basically because yeah. we, none of us could stop giggling the whole time uh, so I professional, very professional, and it really <laughs> when you watch the season, you'll get to know like oh my gosh the noises because they are they're very good yep. they're very good this season. Um, so season two, you know, I feel like you get you do start to drift farther from the historical record. Not that the show was ever pretending to be accurate, but it feels a little bit like as things drift farther from the characters in that, you know, if you read the Wikipedia page, you become very clear, like, that's not them. You do, they sort of become more themselves. The show becomes its own kind of separate entity. But I'm curious if, as you have lived with the characters, like, you have to, do you ever look up and be like, what would they actually be doing right now? If they were alive right now? No, I mean, like... (laughs) At this moment in their lives. Be at the greatest panel you've ever seen. Yeah. In in terms of... Yeah, like, you know, because by this point, you're so far from, like, where they would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. 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 I think it's still as... I think the history and the... And the... You know, history... I I think it's kind of the same balance as season one. Because there's a lot of things that did happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Catherine's rule, everything I'm trying to do this season, she tried to do as well. So that's all kind of based in truth. Yeah. But yeah, I but know. in terms of like developing the character and like lesson. going back and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. real Peter did yeah, this, yeah. and so I could try and do that in a scene. No, no. because I, well, I never, we, I, I personally never did that right from the beginning yeah. of shooting it because it was something that wasn't particularly inco- because it wasn't based on historical fact it wasn't like we were trying to recreate ghosts of these people and be authentic to them in many ways it was it was never something that was necessary and i think that stemmed a little bit from i wouldn't have had the confidence to do that apart from on the favorite they didn't do it yeah. they were like there was no like oh we're going to read all about these characters and learn they're unsaid and being like you wouldn't have yeah, to yeah playing the real, real characters life peter was done very that, very right? ugly so so obviously yeah, no, very obviously, far from yeah very yeah. far so I don't know. Yeah. So it was never like a thing. So now I don't feel the need to go back and do that. I am, It does seem like, in spite of the fact that you're not, they're not at all the historical people. I do feel like watching this series, you nevertheless think about the actual historical people in a different, like you think about them as people. And I, how does. Do you ever look at then other, you know, period dramas or like when you're thinking about historical, like, do you feel like you have a different relationship with sort of these major iconic figures from the past, like understanding of like, yeah, that was a really uncomfortable corset she must have been wearing the whole time. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I think, well, um, I know people, you know, compare. There's there's been a lot of period 
shows that are kind of have this modern twist and 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 even before i mean i remember seeing marie antoinette like sophia's marie antoinette for the first time which i think just had its like anniversary right i read that huge article and it was so fun to read and i was i don't know how old i think i was like 10 or 11 when i saw it in theaters with my grandmother i remember it was like the first like nude scene i saw like kirsten's like bum i was like oh my god <laughs> it's like oh, i don't know whatever uh, it was the first nude scene she shot i'm reading it in the article but um that sh like the way that Sophia that was so above ahead of its time I think in a way because that movie's such a classic an and like people film. now yeah. love it but then back then it was so she wouldn't have done this it. yeah they're like there's converse in there it's like well hey she has a point of view and she's humanizing her and I think that that's what we're you know, in our way, Tony and I talk about it a lot of Catherine. We're doing our version of Catherine and it's still in the spirit of Catherine. And Tony's done like a ton of research on the century and of Catherine when he was doing the play also. And um, so it's based in that, but you have to shake it up and make these people, people of our world, you know, and, um, and I, so I, I don't really, yeah, I really have never read much on her. But I love her. I know that she invented the roller coaster. I learned that. I was like, that sounds very fun. <laughs> she sounds fun. very fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I should, uh, we should talk about the fact that Gillian Anderson is in this season. Uh, she plays your mother. What did you have to talk about with her about like what this relationship was going to be like, how this was going to sort of go as the, the interactions between the two of you um it goes to a place that you guys are not going to expect it to go to i a hundred million percent bet that i didn't expect it yeah that's right no we none of us did um she has an incredible incredible arc it's a good season guys yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's written really beautifully and very nuanced with the relation i mean a mother-daughter relationship it's very specific and I think you get to see Catherine's need for wanting to be perfect for her mother. And Jillian just is, the comedic timing is beyond. I mean, sex education, she's so great in that. She's so funny. Um, and I, all of us, we're all very comfortable with each other. And so it's like, we're all silly and kind of goofy. And then when Jillian would come on set, the first time we all were very, I was like, including me, we were like, very much on our best Trying behavior. Trying to hold it together, yeah. But then she's really silly and goofy, and so then we all kind of were like, okay, like, great, <laughs> you're a part of us. Um, she just, when we heard that she wanted to do it and was a fan of the show, I mean, I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah. mommy. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. That must feel so valid. Like, I, I'm sure you have heard from other people who are fans of the show. Who is your favorite person who has come up to you and been like, this is great? Um, Someone unexpected. Uh, the, uh, before jump, jumping back to that, I got Jason Isaacs to play my dad as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's season. good yeah. season. Um, and so that was wonderful because he was like brilliant. And it, like yes. we talk about Peter the Great so much and the shadow that he cast on Peter the Third and all this stuff. So to have him come in and like capture that. Wait, so but he's dead. How does he show up? It's it's yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that's the fun thing about this the season, I guess, is like you're dealing with your parenting issues. We're dealing with, and then we're also parenting together. So it's like our parents and also parenting being un kind of unraveled in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you like to watch yeah. the show? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio <gasps> said that he liked a great the show. fan. Okay, cool. well, we are almost out of time. This has been so lovely, and I want to thank you both so much for your time. Obviously, everyone needs to watch the show. It comes out uh, November 19th, and uh, please, you know, hashtag Vulture Festival. Let us know how great uh, these two people both were, because they were fantastic. Uh, <laughs> And have a great rest of the festival. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for another episode of Good One. Stream The Great on Hulu. Subscribe to The Specials at patreon.com slash the specials. Follow Catherine on social media at Aaron. Good One is produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. Scott Mishigashin did our theme song. 
Rate, review, and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is a production of Vulture in the Box Media Podcast Network. We'll be back next Thursday. Have a good one. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it. In the new docuseries, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.